Praise God. It's already been said a few times uh, today about Mother's Day, and I want to echo all that's been said um, about Mother's Day. I was thinking, I got dressed, as you can see today, and uh, picked out a tie just because it matches the suit and the shirt, and I thought there's something special about this tie. I just don't remember what it is, and I don't have time to stop and think about it right now. But it hit me when I was over here uh, during service. Um, well, it's from New York, but that's not what's special about it. My mom bought it for me in New York. That's what's special about it. So I have a little piece of her with me today, and she'd probably tell you what is special about it is that it's from New York. But... Uh, and the memories we made on that trip when we were able to go there. But I give honor to my mother today. Wish she was here with us. She's going to be with her mother today, so she knows what this day is all about. I give honor to my wife as well, the mother of my children. And I am so thankful for her every day. I give honor to my mother-in-law, Sister Schoonover, as well. Thankful for her all the time, too. Amen. I asked a few of our young men if they would be willing to say a few words about their mothers today to honor them. And let me just say this. While they're speaking, if you feel the burning need to honor your mother, then we'll have a chance for that. Brother Timothy, I'm starting with you because the Lord gave you to me first. So. I appreciate Brother Timothy, I appreciate Sister Dora, and all that they mean to us. So, about my mother, let me first and foremost say, without her, I literally wouldn't be here right now, right? <laughs> but um, she's done a really good job preparing me for, I guess we'll call it, the real world, and she's been such a good example to me and everything, you know, and... When I think of her, I think that she's just a really good example of someone putting God first, right? And everything. <laughs> everything she does, she wants to glorify God with. Like, there's a long time where she would always be, well, she still does at work. You know, she'd be walking around the house, God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. So, you know, there's so many descriptive words I can describe my mother with, but... Um, there's gracious, there's patient, obviously with me. <laughs> she's understanding, she's just very, very good woman, and I'm very lucky to have her in my life. And, you know, that's, uh, that's what I'd like to end right there, so. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tim. Brother Jared, please. We already heard a little bit from his mother today. I appreciate Sister Pat very much and Brother Jared. Sister Pat. <laughs> no, I'm really thankful for my mom. Um, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about um, just how ever since I've known, can, you know, you know, know things, you know, she's always been serving and putting herself first for a church, for the family. And, um, you know, I'm extremely thankful for her relationship with God and the example that she shows 
and it's always been consistent. It's never lacked, never fell off. And I'm, I'm just thankful for that because you, you need people in your life who exemplify that and show you how to live for God and to do that consistently, you know, and, and not wavering in their faith. And so especially this past year of what, you know, has gone on and, you know, how she's continued to be faithful to the church, faithful to God. And, you know, I'm just extremely thankful for her selflessness, her love, her words of wisdom and just her example. So I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. Brother Matthew Mays, and on behalf of Sister Magda, we love the Mays family. Glory to God. Thank you, church. Uh, there's too much to say, but I got to keep it short. Amen. Because I want to honor two people. My mother, of course, because um, without her, I wouldn't be here. And I don't mean that in the biological flesh form. I mean here with the Lord. My mother was raised Catholic, didn't know truth, had a very limited knowledge of the Lord and Scripture. And it wasn't to a few years, maybe later down the road, there was a divine appointment between Oscar Mays and Magdalena Gonzalez. And that divine appointment brought me here today. But the reality is, is what I've learned from this woman is the fight. We've battled living in a basement, no job, no money. Um, there were times where we've walked away from the church. I was literally the only one who held on, okay? I would attend church in Wapato with Elder Hart when we had the lighthouse. Brother Kukoroa and Timothy would pick me up every Sunday and say, hey, we're, you got to be ready outside. And what I'm thankful today for the Lord was, is that she never, never gave up. She walked away, but, and what happened was all the prayer and all the time we spent to God, she responded. And now in her response, living her life, she is still here today. We've bought, we, we have fought against having a brain aneurysm. We fought against cancer. We fought against so many different things that we, I have every right not to be here right now and be ev every bit of angry with the Lord. But if it wasn't for a mother who not only had to take the place of my mother, but also had to take the place of my father and step in two different roles. That wasn't her God-given role, but she stepped in the place and made sure that me and my sister were raised with some sort of understanding of God. Because the reality is, is we need to build our own relationship today. And as I watch her, I would watch her pray in the morning. I would, I would hear her. I would see her cry. And somewhere along the way, that would just connect with me. Mom, what are you doing that for? I thought everything's fine. Oh, mothers have such a good way of just shading it and just making it, oh, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. When in reality, she's in her prayer closet. She's going to war. She's fighting. She's battling. Giving everything to God because all it takes is just a little bit of, just a little bit of room. And the enemy likes to swing the door open. So I'm thankful today for my mother and all that she means to me and to my family. And I also want to give thanks today to my fiance and here in a few short months, Ruby Guzman. She has been a tremendous blessing to my life. She has been supportive. She has been loving. 
She was with me when I was broke and I didn't have no money. And, I, and when I was skinny, amen? Uh, she was, see, it was so long ago, Brother Vance forgot. But she has been with me. She's supported me. She's, she's, she's prayed for me. She's helped me. She saw me. And how I see her carry out in her day. Is, that is a woman of true faith and of true fight. The, just to see her, how she does her job and how she treats children and how she treats her co-workers. She could talk to anybody at the store. I have no idea who she's talking to. I'm standing there. You could talk to, you could make a friend in the middle of a boat in the water. I, but I appreciate her. She means so much to me. And I'm thankful that one day, here in a few days, here a few short months, she's going to be my wife. I give glory and I give all honor to God. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Brother Callum, his mother is here and she's proud. I'm thankful, thankful for my mom because she cooks for us and she homeschools us and she's a good singer. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I agree on all accounts. <laughs> Amen. Brother Ellie, sir, I'm going to hand you this microphone. We appreciate your mother, Sister Adriana. Um, I'm thankful for my um, mom because she cooks, and whenever I need um, help, she's always there to help me. And... And also, whenever, like, whenever people need help, she always helps them, too. And I want everyone to have a good, happy Mother's Day. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ellie. Amen. At this time, is there anybody else that would love to just step right up here and give honor to your mom or whoever you would like to honor on Mother's Day? Brother Vance. Well, I praise the Lord for another thing. There's another mother, the New Jerusalem, that's the mother of us all, where we're going one day, and we're going to see that glorious city. I was raised in a, a, a not a godly home, but I thank God that even in that home, God's knocked on my heart. And I thank God that I had a mom that when my dad was drinking, she was still there and helping us, even though things happened that was not nice. But I praise God that his presence was there, and I knew it was. And I was kind of a strange kid. I would stay up, and on Sunday, everybody would be playing. And I'd say, well, I should be out there playing. But I had a, a drawing to the New Jerusalem. My mom. Thank you, Jesus, for my mom. She's 82, and she's going through something right now in a stage of her life where she, she sometimes don't remember who I am. But I know who she is, and I appreciate her. Thank you, Brother Vance. Amen. Anybody else? Brother Dean. 
Come on down. I wish my mother was here in church with me, but um, she's got a lot of health problems. She's 83 years old, been through a lot, and uh, we have seven children in our family. I'm the third one from the oldest, and it amazes me that my mom was ever able to handle all of us kids and still handle life. Um, people can be crazy, but my mom is always a good, strong Christian um, I want to say fortress that our family had. Well, she was here to hear this today. She's responsible for me being in the gospel today. Sister Pat, you were telling me this morning you got a, a son that needs God. Keep holding on. Because if you're raised right and you know about God when you're little, you'll find him again. Just been so thankful. My mom taught me how to read from King James Version Bible at the age of three. I could read really well before I ever got into school because of that. Um, she was always faithful to sit down with me whenever there was a problem and tell me God's version of how to fix it. And that's something I can look back on. I had a father who was very busy trying to support seven kids and a wife. And he was also a minister of the gospel, so that helped with my training as far as God's concerned. But my mom was the mainstay that we could always go to because dad was always gone a lot. And actually, my dad was my best friend, so I probably did more with him than all the rest of the kids in the family. But my mom was the one that we could go to when we needed to know answers because she would sit down. I remember she would sit down on the bed next to me and tell me, son, God loves you. And no matter what happens, God will be there for you. And because of my mom, that's why I'm here today. She helped me to get a grasp on the gospel. Even though I was raised in a Trinitarian Pentecostal church, and uh, they're very similar in a lot of ways. They just don't have the oneness doctrine. They don't have that truth. I'm thankful God led me to that truth. But it's because of my heritage that I was able to find this truth. I'm so, so thankful for my mom. And if you can think about it, say a prayer for her. She's got a lot of health problems right now and health issues and can't even be in church anywhere. But she would love to be here, I think, if she was well enough to do so. But I'm so thankful for my mom. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Dean. Sister Escobar. See, I, I was about to say it doesn't have to be only the men. <laughs> Amen. Sister Escobar, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I just want to say um, I want to give thanks to God for uh, my mom is already gone with God. But uh, we had a mom that it was a prayer. She prayed for us for 25 years. And to see her son-in-law safe and treat him, never judge him, never send him to treat him like a son. To see my dad and my mom will always pray for him and invite him, that's just all I can. I wanna thank every morning this morning, I go, thank you, Jesus, and thank you for the mom that prayed for us. That where we are, she pray. If you have sons or laws, 
continue praying. Because God, one day they'll be here. And I'll see my son Martin one day here and being baptized in Jesus' name. I might not have him here right now. I might not see it like my parents did. But my dad got to see my, my husband preaching with him and my youngest brother in a tent revival before he went a few months later to be with the Lord. God answered his prayer. So don't stop praying for loved ones. Don't stop praying for no, for those that you think they're worse. No, those are the ones God's going to bring. Those are the ones that God, if you have right now going through something with a, with a wife, come, seek the Lord. God will heal your land. God will hear your marriage. God will hear the broken of the little ones they don't have. This morning I was praying for those little children. So many children right now out there. They're hurting without a mom. They're, drink, they're drugged. Yeah, we're right here, but their moms are drinking. That's all they knew. They're suffering. I was praying, God, that he will send somebody that they're not alone. God's with them. And one day they can see their mom sitting in here. And I, and I just want to give the glory and honor for what my mom did. Never stop praying for us. Don't never stop praying for somebody that you never see. They'll be here one day. Just show them the love of Jesus. That's all you'll see. And I have my spiritual sons, and I love you. My spiritual, their wives, I call them mijas. But mijo, tell your wife, happy Mother's Day, and I love her. And one day she'll be here too with you. And Jesus loves you a lot. Okay? Love you, mijo. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Sister Juanita. Happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. I want to say that I'm very honored to be in the presence of those that honor God. God placed Dora in my life shortly after my mom went with the Lord, and I'm very grateful for that. I am. I want to say that I love all these godly women that are in my presence because this is the body of Christ. And even though Sister Dora once told me the most important book that you need to read in your life, Juanita, is the Bible. I've never forgotten that, ever. She planted not a seed she planted a potato in my life <laughs> and I'm just so honored to say that the Lord has done something very precious in my life with all of you women I am I am and I want to say from the bottom of my heart I love you even though some of you I may not have grown with you guys I'm honored I love you happy Mother's Day Amen. Amen. My wife's going to come while she's coming. If you happen to see this, Sister Berna Kelly, Brother Clyde's wife, happy Mother's Day to you. We miss you today, but love you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Happy Mother's Day. Hallelujah. Um, you know, this can be an awkward day of the year. I have a friend who... Um, I think of her every Mother's Day because she really struggles on Mother's Day. And, um, you know, we do a big to-do at church, and sometimes she would leave because she would feel bad. And um, it, can, it can be a happy day, and it can be a very sad day for some. 
And, um, you know, we have all kinds of mothers. We have women without children who are mothers to us. We have women with children who are still mothers to us. They are church mothers. Um, God puts people in our life to mentor us and to mother us. And I just want to say that, you know, I know it can be a hard day. Um, But I will give honor to my mother. She'd laugh and roll her eyes right now if she was here. Because I'm probably her least affectionate child. And, um, but she just keeps trying. And I'm 37 now. And she's still, I think it's funny if my mother-in-law sees this. Um, My family is so different from my husband's family. We're very hands-on, very talky-talky-talky, and I talk to you like a baby even though you're 37. And, um, you know, I I don't know, I guess I did sit on my mom's lap forever. I think I have stopped doing that. Um, But my mom, she'll say, oh, Lauren, I love you. And I'll be like, hmm. Um, like my son does to me, and she'll just put her hand on me, oh, Lauren, I know you love me too, I love you, and um, she still talks to me the same as she did when I was in probably first grade, and, you know, I have passed that on to my children, that's one of those things that I've taken with my children, like, I am, I tell Callum all the time, the older you get, I'm still going to keep squeezing you and touching you and hugging you and kissing you, and I'm sure there are mothers who feel like they're respecting their son's space in front of other people, but that is not me. I will always kiss you. I will always squeeze you. And um, I, you know, the thing about moms is in the day and age that we live in because of social media, there is so much mom guilt. There is so much mom pressure. There's, am I right? There's so much more you could be doing on top of what you're already doing. And we all feel it all the time. I told my husband, one thing we can't do is make moms feel more pressure on Mother's Day because there's so much pressure to be a good mom. And, you know, a lot of times our moms, the way they've parented us, they parent us with what was given them. And, um, you know, generations are so different. You know, it's funny. We, We all do it to our kids, don't we? If I was your age, if I would have said that, if I would have did that, you know what my mom would have done? <laughs> and, and I'm not saying I would ever do that, but I'm just saying you're lucky. <laughs> and um, we, do, we do our best with what has been given us. And I think the Lord can give us grace with our children. And we love them, don't we? Yeah. We love them. And we always want to do what's best for them. And I know I'm kind of a hard mom sometimes. But I will still, I'll say, oh, you, but I'll still kiss you and hug you and squeeze you. So happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Thank you for always trying with me. Amen. Amen. She's not here today, but Bishop in heaven, tell your mother happy Mother's Day for us, Sister Jessica. Brother Anthony, I, I appreciate the relationship you've had with your mother, what I've heard about it. Give honor to that as well. Brother Noe, I gave you the eye. Oh, wow, this is loud. Um, <laughs> oh, did you guys notice I got braces? <laughs> um, um, I just called her out. Um, I love her, and I just want her to have the best 
day she can have. That's all I want. <laughs> want this one? You want to pass it off so quickly? Good morning, church. I'm grateful for my grandma because she's extremely patient, extremely timid, and extremely funny sometimes. <laughs> but most of all, her patience is what amazes me the most, especially with me, because I like to stir up trouble in my house. <laughs> and not on purpose. <laughs> but I just think that she's a great example of what a good gr grandmother should be, and a mother, because she's played both roles. So happy Mother's Day to everyone. Amen. Anybody else that we've missed that would like to take a moment? Amen. All right, let's dismiss our children and our young people to your classes today. Why don't you all just take a moment, stand, find somebody to greet if you haven't had a chance to say hi to them yet. Amen. Moms, wipe away the tears. Amen. 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 Thank the Lord for our mothers. Amen. I apologize. I don't have a lot of volume in my voice today, but the Lord is still good. Can we just pray, Lord, I thank you for all you're doing here. Thank you, Lord, for each life that you've blessed, God. We are all witnesses of your mercy and your goodness. Lord, we've all received of your love, and we are thankful for it. God, I thank you for all that you are doing in our midst, Lord. I worship you today, Father. I give you praise and thanks, Jesus. You are wonderful to me, God. You are wonderful to me, Lord. I thank you for it. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Praise God. You can be seated. Amen. It's wonderful to have our visitors with us today. And I also want to uh, just remind you, in case you missed the announcements earlier today, um, this Tuesday night, Elder Hart from Sela is going to be here and ministering to us. So I am looking forward to that. I am imploring everybody to be here because I know he will minister to us. Amen. And then ladies, if you're going to ladies conference, meeting after church in the prayer room. Praise God. I want to start in the book of Proverbs chapter 15. Got a, there's a few Proverbs right here that I want to read. I believe the Lord will help us. Everybody say the word attitude. attitude. Say it again, attitude. attitude. I felt the Lord pose this question to me in that interesting way that he worded it. What's in my attitude? Not necessarily what is my attitude, but what's in my attitude? 
Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13. Proverbs 15 and 13, it says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. A merry heart. But by sorrow of the heart is the spirit broken. Merry heart or sorrowful heart. One leads to a cheerful countenance. The other leads to a broken spirit. Proverbs 15 and 15, it says, All the days of the afflicted are evil. Everybody say afflicted. But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Anybody like to eat? I do. Sometimes a little too much, <laughs> if I can be honest. But it says if you have a merry heart, the person with a merry heart has a continual feast. A merry heart. Somebody that's got cheer, happiness, joy, those things in their heart, and that causes them to be cheerful. It causes them to have a cheerful countenance. You look at somebody, and they're always cheerful. They're always happy. That's a reason why, because they've got a merry heart. And then, uh, it's just amazing the way that the writer puts it, they have a continual feast. They're always now, not literal food, but they, in their life, they are living like someone that just got done with a feast and is headed to another one. You know, my son had a birthday party yesterday to a, one of his friends, and he's been looking forward to that thing for two weeks. Is today the day? How many more days? How many more days is it? Because he knew he's going to get there, and he's going to have fun. He's going to have food. He's going to be with his friends, celebrate. And in that two-week period, I mean, he was just a different kid. What's today? What's tomorrow? How many days till Saturday? Who are you? You know it's 7 a.m., right? But because he had that to look forward to, that was who he was. That's how he acted. That's how he responded. <laughs> I even told him, we were talking about some other unrelated things, and I told my kids, keep your eye on the prize. And he said, I've got my eye on the prize. I was like, okay. Ain't it random? <laughs> and he said, the prize is the birthday party. And this was a week and a half ago. But he was just that much looking forward to it. This is a person with a merry heart. This is what the Proverbs is saying. They've got something they're always looking forward to, something they're always happy about, something they've got joy. I heard a preacher put it one way. Joy is when you know something good is going to happen, not because of what's happening around you right now, you could be in the worst circumstances, but still have joy because joy is future promised happiness. I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be well. That's joy. Now, Proverbs 15 and 17, speaking of feasts, better is... 
a dinner of herbs where love is. Then a stalled ox and hatred therewith. You can have the best meal plan, steak cooked just right, all the fixings. But if there's hatred around, that's going to be a miserable meal. It's gonna, you're, you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to be satisfied after it. It's just, <laughs> I can think of some meals that attitudes have really um, marked. And you think back to that one Thanksgiving, or you think back to that one whatever it is, and you think, well, there was just attitudes in the room, and that's what I remember about that. You don't remember the cake? You don't remember your favorite dish? No, I remember the attitude, because words that were said, and feelings, and but better is a dinner of herbs where there's love. Just go and, what are we having today? Just herbs. That's all right, because there's love here. And that love produces something that the meal cannot produce. So over in these Proverbs, the, the writer is sharing with us that if you've got a merry heart, if you've got love, you're going to be a different person and you're going to be better off than those without. What's in my attitude is the question. I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you will. Forgive me of all the notes, all of the verses that I marked. This one I missed. Check 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I've been in, in a lot of churches over my lifetime, and I remember at a, a church, I think it was on one of those um, offering envelopes, like what's on the chairs in front of you. Somewhere on one of those I saw it written, God loveth a cheerful giver. And it was the fact that it was on the offering envelope that really stuck with me. When you put offering in this, when you give offering to the Lord, do it cheerfully because God loves that. Pardon me. You know that that's not just talking about money. In fact, everything that I feel the Lord wanting to deal with and talk about today is not about money. It's attitude. And then what you give is a reflection of your attitude. That's a <laughs> Take that verse and put it in any other context besides offering, and you'll probably learn more about what it means. Now, 
I'm not telling you not to give offerings and tithes. That's not at all what I'm saying. But Paul used a, a, a church, and we're going to read about it here in just a minute, but he used one of the churches to be a definition or an example of the right kind of giving. A church, I, I want to be a cheerful giver, and I want everything that I give to be given in the right attitude. If I can be totally, completely honest with you, sometimes on a Saturday, I'm think, thinking about Sunday, and I'm thinking, oh, tomorrow's going to take a lot out of me. I can already feel it today. And then the Lord will stop and check me and say, is that the attitude you want to have where you're about to go and give, minister, love, share? Ah, I thought I was just talking about offerings. Come on. No. Anywhere that you go and you're expected to give anything, this applies. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. One that does so cheerfully. And the scripture in Proverbs says, a merry heart gives you a cheerful countenance. So if I'm, if I'm giving, but I'm not doing it out of cheer, I'm not doing it cheerfully, let's examine what's in here. What's this a reflection of inside? Go back to chapter 8, if you would. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We'll start at verse 1. Just a few verses I want to read here. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So what, what book are we reading? Corinthians. Paul wrote Corinth, the book of Corinthians to the church in Corinth, and he says, I want you to think about the churches in Macedonia. Macedonia is Greece. And inside of Greece, there were churches like Philippi. That's the Philippians. Other churches around. And Paul says, think about those churches for a moment. Keep going, if you would. Verse 2. How, then in a, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality so these churches are in an area that are going through great trial great affliction great hardship and the people in those churches have an abundance of riches of their liberality is the way that he puts it these people give the churches in macedonia the ones that you would probably first excuse well they just they were taken over by another country. They were taken over by other rulers. They were made to work and all this stuff. We can excuse. You, you don't have to send in your offering, your tithes. You don't, have to you don't have to give to anybody. Just try to make it through the best you can. We understand. But Paul says, no. Let me tell you about the attitude that's there with them. Next verse, verse 3. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. They're willing to do more than what they're even capable of. Keep going. 
praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Okay, hang on. Let me jump over to a different translation because this is King James. Brother uh, Dean, we didn't all grow up reading this. And so sometimes it's hard to follow. But let me teach you. Let me show you what he's saying here. Mm -hmm. Give me a second. Technical difficulties. Jump down to verse 7, if you would, there, Brother Tim. These people want to give, and they try to give, even when they can't give. What they have nothing to give. When it looks like they have nothing to give, they begged us, it says of their entreaty, they begged us to give, to be able to give. Sometimes it's like, oh, you, you keep that. You need that more than I do. No, no, I don't. I know if I keep this, it's not going to go well with me. But if I give it, it's going to go well with you and me. Let me give, let me give, let me give. Verse 7, after Paul talks to them some more. He says, therefore, as ye abound in everything, Corinth, you're a church that's doing well. You're not in any poverty-stricken nation. You're not overruled by somebody else. You are, you, you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us. See that you abound in this grace also. Paul says, this is a different translation, you are all so rich in all that you have. I told you this is not about money, right? These are things that people possess that they can either be cheerful givers with or they can be greedy hoarders of. And he lists them. The first thing that he says is faith. You can be a cheerful giver of your faith or you can be greedy and hoard your faith. What does that mean? Just don't tell anybody. Don't share with anybody the reason why you have a good relationship with God. Don't share with anybody the great things that he's done for you, the blessings, the trial that he took you through. You're rich in that faith, but be a cheerful giver of it. Speech. Ooh. And there it says utterance, but speech. You are rich in speech. That means you have something to say. There were some boys that I asked, and they said, no, I don't want to say anything. And I respected that, except for my son. I made him do that. <laughs> but I know there's boys. I, I just know your mother would love if you said something. No, I'm good. I don't want to do that. Well, okay, I'll, I'll give you that pass. But it's an example of someone who's rich in speech. You know that the words that you do have to say would bless somebody. But instead of being a cheerful giver of those, no thanks, I'm going to hoard that to myself. The Lord's helping us, all right? I believe it. He's, he's examining our attitudes and our willingness to give. 
So faith in speech and knowledge. You're rich in knowledge, and you can give of that knowledge, or you can hoard it. You can keep it for yourself. In your eagerness to help and in your love for us. It was already said here about mothers that they're just mothers, and they'll mother anyone that needs a mother. They have love. They have an abundance of love. And they want to give it. And they want to give it cheerfully. It's a great example of what Paul is saying here in the scripture. Give what you have. Give it cheerfully. You're rich in it. You're a, you abound in it. Share these things and do so cheerfully. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 41. Matthew 12 and 41. Sorry, I said Matthew, this is Mark. My bad. Mark 12, 41. Jesus sat over against the treasury. It's kind of like an offering box across from it. He's not leaning on it, okay? Don't get this disrespectful picture of Jesus like over against it. No, that means across from it. So he could observe what was going to happen at it. Sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. Again, I'm to I told you that we're not talking about money today. This example is about money. Jesus uses it. But don't feel like I'm reaching for your pocketbooks, okay? The Lord is reaching for our attitudes. He beheld how people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For they all, verse 44, they did cast in their, of their abundance. I got a whole heap of stuff. Let's take a chunk off of it and give that to the Lord. They cast in of their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. As I was reading about this, I, I read something that I'd never thought about before. We probably all would have given her a pass. It says she had two mites if she would have just given one, Right? Oh, you poor thing. You probably need both of those. You could, we'll give you a pass and just let you keep this one. No. Why? Because that was not her attitude. One for you, one for me. Oh, I wonder how often we find ourselves trying to live on what we keep because we think to the Lord, some for you, some for me. A little bit for you little bit for me 
And this little is getting littler and littler and littler. But you got to have some and I got to have some. What's the attitude there? The attitude is, I have to have some. The Lord says no because she gave out of her want or out of her need. She needed both of them. But more than she needed either of those, she needed the right attitude with the Lord. She needed the right relationship with God. So he could look at that and say, she gave the most because it cost her the most. What's her attitude? Everything that I have belongs to God. Whatever he decides to give back to me, I'll thank him for it, and he'll bless it. Whatever he decides to keep or share with others, he's, he's blessing that, and they need it. Everything that I have belongs to God. That is the attitude that he's looking for. I want to read you this, what the Lord showed me in that lesson. Biblically, you can never be too poor to give. A poor widow had two mites and she gave them. And the Lord said, that's much. You can't be too poor to give. Pause. You're going to have to excuse the dull sound of my voice because there's still a lot of emphasis in here. You can't be too poor to give. Oh, I just don't have anything today. Well, you, I've heard this. I've heard this prayed many, many times in many, many churches. Lord, bless those that have to give and those that have not to give. Pause. Think about that for just a second. Those that have not to give. Really? How many shoes they got on? Two. Could they give one of those? Well, no, 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 no. No, they need those. Oh, I've been to some places where people went to church with no shoes. I'm just saying. And they walked miles to get there. Those that have not to give. How did they get here today? Well, they drove in their car. But they have not to give? I'm just saying, the Lord's checking our attitudes. Because when we say, bless those that have to give, and those that don't have to give, we're saying... We all want equal blessing regardless of what sacrifice we're willing to make. Oh, you know their heart, Lord. I do, and I also know the one that has to give and how much of it they're not giving me. Ah, we didn't ask for that. Bless, uh, uh, my point is you cannot be too poor to give. Everybody say amen. amen if you believe that. You can't be too poor to give. But here's the other side of that. You can be 
so rich that you won't give. The widow who gives out of her need and the rich that give out of their abundance. Here's how I can say that. Listen, if what you have, what you possess, or what the thing that you want to obtain, or what you quote-unquote need, if any of those things keeps you from giving, then you are so rich that you will not give. This thing we're talking about is attitude, and it's manifesting itself through this thing called sacrifice. I'm willing to give, but I don't want to sacrifice. So as long as it's not a sacrifice, I'll give it cheerfully. No, all you're really willing to do in that instance is appease your own conscience. If you want to be honest about it, you're not willing to sacrifice. You, so let me, st- let me restate that. You, can be, you cannot be too poor to give but you can be so rich that what you have will cause you not to give. You ever heard of this thing? Some of us probably have had it before, if not right now, called a 401k, a retirement account usually through an employer. You ever heard of that? Raise your hand if you've ever heard of a 401k. Not necessarily just because you have one, but maybe you've heard of it. And most of the time when you get that from your employer, they have this thing called matching. Whatever you put in, we'll put in that or maybe even more. 401k matching. So that's, it's a nice thing if you have the ability to do that. You, you're putting stuff away for retirement and and it's compounding. More than just what you put in goes in there. Now examine this with the story of the poor widow for a moment. She puts in two mites, and the Lord says she gave 100%. So let me match that, 100%. And then you take one of those rich. It says many rich. He was just singling out a person. Many who were rich came and gave much. So take one of those. I don't know. Maybe they gave 1%. Of all their abundance, they gave 1%. And it looks like so much more than two mites. But the Lord says, okay, I'll match that. 1%. That's your attitude. This is my attitude. And then he says to the lady, that's your attitude. This is my attitude. Let me give. Let me prove myself. Let me show how the right attitude makes a difference. Giving the right way is living the right way. Why? Because it's not about money. It's about what you have to give and how you give it. You give it the right way. 
That's living the right way. You give it the wrong way. Well, I'll just put it this way. That's not living the right way. I, I really wish I could have my Sundays to myself. But we have to go to church. Can you just imagine all the good times we could have if we didn't have to go to church on Sunday? But we have to go to church. So instead of having those good times, I have to be here instead. That, you realize it or not, that is giving. It's not smart giving, but you are giving something. You're just not giving it the right way. So your attitude is manifesting itself through your giving. So you're not only not giving the right way, you're not living the right way. And then, then we have the audacity to come into the church and be like, why is everything wrong here? I'm not picking on anybody. Nobody's told me about anything wrong lately. I'm just saying this is the human attitude sometimes. Ha. Okay, let's, let's, let's go easy on the church and make it about your job for a moment. I have to go to my job. If you go there with this same attitude that we're talking about, you will get there and your attitude will be, why is everything wrong here? What's wrong with that person? Why doesn't this one act right? This, my boss doesn't. Oh. If, you, if that's your attitude, you're living the wrong way. Because you have something to give. Uh, we already listed many of them. You have things that you are giving. No, I don't. I just go to work for a paycheck so I have something that I can spoil myself with. Well, let me know how that works out for you. No, you go everywhere that you go, you have something to give. This is really true of any spirit-filled believer. Anywhere you go, you have something to give, whether you're thinking about it or not, whether you're looking for an opportunity to give or not. If you really wanted to pause and stop the show and say, hang on, I have something I can give here. It's true. Paul even said it to the Corinthians. You're rich. You abound in all of these things. Now, I don't necessarily think that Paul was trying to shame the Corinthian church. Like, see, even though these poor, worse-off Christians want to give, you don't know he's just saying there's an attitude that needs to be prevalent in all the churches. I want to give no matter what. When you give of yourself, the attitude in which you do it determines the effect it has on your life. If I give with the right attitude, that's a blessing to me, and ultimately it will affect me positively. If I give with the wrong attitude, ultimately that will affect me negatively. You've, you've probably been there. Sorry if this starts stepping on, on, on any toes a little too much. I don't want to make you 
too uncomfortable here. But you've probably been there where you've given something in the offering on a Sunday or a Tuesday or whatever day, or maybe you've returned your tithes like you're supposed to, and then you, you go straight from church to a store that has an item on sale, and you're thinking, that's exactly what I just gave in the offering. If I would not have given that offering, I could have gotten this. Well, maybe that's a little extreme because maybe you don't go straight from church to Costco or wherever. But maybe a few days pass. And then all of a sudden, this issue, call it a want or a need, whichever one you want it to be, but it presents itself, and you think, if I would not have given that to the Lord, I could get this instead. I could do that instead. I could go there instead. Lord, help me if that is ever my attitude, because I'm on the wrong path if that's my attitude. I'm headed to a place I don't want to be, because that reflects in me the, uh, the misunderstanding that I control all of it and I give here some and I give here some. It, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense if we look at the scripture story and say, well, what if that, mite threw, what if that widow threw in one mite because she's thinking, I got to go buy my nephew a toy with this one. I mean, she's still wanting to give, right? It's still a cheerful heart, but no, I can give them both, and then I can go give my nephew a lesson. I can go teach him something of value, of much greater value than one might. I'm almost done. It's not about money. Everybody say it's not about money. It's about attitude. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3. The Lord showed me this verse many years ago and kind of just hit me right between the eyes. Paul is writing here and he, you know most of this if if i do this and i don't have love if i do this and i don't have love or charity that's what he's talking about but so here he says and though i bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though i give my body to be burned and have not charity it profiteth me nothing so let me just pause for a moment and and, and show you what i see in this scripture Something other than charity could motivate you to give, even to the poor. He wouldn't say that if it wasn't true, if it wasn't applicable. If I sell everything, give everything to the poor, and then even just I'm willing to live like one of them. That's how much I want to give. Okay, if you do all of that, but you don't do it through charity. You did it through something else. 
What motivated you to do that? Well, I just, uh, I want everybody to know I'm a good person. I, I, I felt guilty over all that I had. You can keep going down that list. I wanted my picture in the news. <laughs> no, I don't think that's any of us. But it is somebody. I gave, but not out of charity. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. One that does it with the right attitude. If I'm doing this, but not with the right attitude... The Lord has showed me this story even further back than this one. I feel like I've shared it many times, but forgive me. If I do something with the wrong attitude, even if I'm saying it's for the Lord or it's coming from me, it's my gift, it's my offering, my sacrifice, there is a person in the Bible that that reflects on exactly. His name was Cain. Cain brought of the Lord brought to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. The ground represented his labor, the thing that he worked on. I brought that to you, the fruit of my labor. The thing that I strived for and I wanted to give so that I could get the credit for it. That is, mm, that is not an attitude you want to have in your life. I have seen people, I have seen people and I've heard people say, I think my gift that the Lord's given me for the church, for the kingdom, is to be rich get a high-paying job so I can give a lot of money to the church. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but I'm, I will tell you in 37, 36 years, I haven't seen it happen. No, don't misunderstand. I've seen people that the Lord gave good, high-paying jobs, and they gave money to the church. That much has happened, and it happens frequently all over the place. But... The attitude of somebody that says, this is why God put me on this earth. Uh, I don't know about that. Cain's got to be sitting there raking the ground. Oh, this pumpkin's about to come out. Well, they're already up. They grow on top of the ground. What's under the ground? It's about to come out. And this is why God put me on the earth. To till the ground. Oh, this is a nice big one. Let me take that to the Lord. He's going to be so proud. Look what I produced. Because you put me here. And the Lord's watching his child, his production, the thing that he produced, bring that and say, this must be what I'm good for. 
So here you go. And the Lord is saying, I don't care about that at all. It's not the thing that you can produce that gives you value. It's who you are that gives you value. Further, it's what I can produce through you that will be the most value to anyone. Would you just close your eyes? I want us to pray. I want you to be honest with the Lord here. Jesus, you know, you alone know what all of us are here for. You know the gifts that you've given to these men and to these women. God, you know the bounty that you have bestowed upon them. Every single one of them, God. They've got gifts of love. They've got gifts of mercy. They've got gifts of help. They've got gifts of speech, gifts of knowledge. Every single one in this room, God, I believe it. You, when you create us, you give us that supply. So I know that it is there. God, I want to be honest with myself and with you as I reflect and I take inventory of my life, the things that I'm giving, the things that I am sowing, the things, God, that I'm spending my time and my energy on. I want to be honest with you about that. It all belongs to you, Jesus. It, I can't produce anything on my own, Lord, that's of value. It all comes from you. In the name of Jesus. Come on, keep talking to the Lord. I believe he wants to speak to us. Jesus, help us. Jesus, help us. In the name of Jesus. One more verse, Brother Timothy, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. You've probably heard or seen this, at least the, the principle referred to many times. The principle is whatsoever a man soweth, that shall, he al that shall he also reap. Paul says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So it's not only what you sow, that's what you're going to reap. It's how much. It's to what degree you sow. Remember, this is, he said this in another passage about forgiveness. To what degree you show mercy then that's how much will be shown to you. It's a principle. You know, God is a God of principles. If you are just going to give the minimum in your relationship with God, I have word for you that says you cannot expect anything more from him than that. I mentioned this, just felt the Lord inspire me to say this if, probably about a month ago. You cannot bind God to his principles 
unless you yourself are bound to his word. Oh, he gives everybody everything, and he blesses everybody, and he doesn't play favorites, and he doesn't. He's a God of principle. And if you are just going to put in the minimum, expect to receive just the minimum and be thankful for it. (laughs) I'm serious. If that's what you're getting, (laughs) I don't know where this came from, but a few months ago, Liberty started being extra thankful. Out of nowhere, I feel like. I mean, I would just scoot over a little bit so she could sit down. Thank you, Daddy. What's going on with you? That's not. (laughs) But what do I see there? I see bountiful thankfulness. In all things, give thanks. Is that not a Bible verse? The The degree to which you sow it is the degree to which you will reap it. And then think about what you're sowing and where. Because then the scripture, really the the principle that says, if you sow to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. If you're only sowing a tiny little bit, well, a tiny little bit of corruption can really ruin a lot of things. But if you are sowing nothing but corruption... Nothing but sowing to the flesh. Expect to receive a harvest of all the worst that humanity has to offer. I don't know why God's not protecting me in this situation. What, did that situation come from flesh? All the worst of humanity to which you might have been sowing in your life? Just saying. But the beautiful thing is, it works both ways. And if I sow to the Spirit, if I'm only sowing a little bit to the Spirit, well, I'll pray a couple of times a week. I'll try to read the Word of God when I can. Well, you'll receive a little bit of God. But if you put this principle and put these two together and sow bountifully every day, Seek the Lord with the right attitude. Every day look for how he can flow through you and minister and all this. That's sowing to the Spirit and expect to receive bountifully from the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's stand. I'm not going to do an altar call today. I mean, I'm not going to stop you if you want to come up here and pray either. But I want you to be honest with the Lord. He knows your attitude. He knows your heart. You know these scriptures that say the heart's deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Well, the Lord knows it. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts intents of the heart. He knows your attitude. He know everybody just say it. He knows my attitude. Come on, let's just talk to the Lord. Be honest and open with him. Lord Jesus, you know my attitude, God. You know the spirit in which I serve you. 
You know the spirit in which I give, the things that I sow, God. You know the attitude with which I do them. I pray right now, Lord, let it become the fruits of the spirit that sow through my life. The fruits of the spirit, Lord, that work through my life. I want to be a giver through love. God, I want to be a giver through peace. I want to be a giver through temperance, through long-suffering. I want to do it with the proper attitude, Lord Jesus. Not begrudgingly. Not begrudgingly, God, but I want to be a giver cheerfully. One that loves to give. One that has a merry heart. God, one that walks around with a cheerful countenance because I'm full of the joy of the Spirit. Because I'm full of the love of God and that which I have to give. In the name of Jesus, minister through us, I pray, God. Minister through us, Lord Jesus. You know all the needs, God. You know all the needs, the financial, Lord, the mental, the physical. You know all the needs, Lord, those that are in families. You know all of it, God. I'm praying that you minister. Minister through your body. Minister to the needs through your body, God. And do it through the work of your Spirit. Do it through the work of your Spirit, God. I thank you. I thank you, God, for I am the recipient of love given through your body. I am the recipient, Lord, of mercy shown through your body. I'm thankful for it, Lord Jesus. God, I'm thankful for it. I want to return it in kind. Lord, I want to sow it in kind. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Can we just express some thanks to the Lord? One more time before we go, express some thanks to the Lord. Oh, I'm thankful to you, Jesus. I'm so thankful to you, God, for all that you've given me, for all that you've done for me, Lord, and through me. I'm thankful. Jesus, I'm thankful to you. I want this to be my attitude, Jesus. I want this to be my attitude, Lord. Cheerful and thankful.
the opposite of thankful is bitter. I just felt like I need to say that. Bitterness is also a motivator, you know. It's a very poor one, and it motivates you to do the, the wrong things or at least try to do the right things the wrong way. But bitterness, once it gets inside a person, it becomes a root in their life. And that bitterness is the vessel with which they do everything they do. I don't want that in me. I don't want that in me. I get rid of bitterness through forgiveness, through thankfulness. Through the work of the Holy Ghost in my life, I get rid of that bitterness. Come on, we need to pray right now. I feel the Lord is working on some people in a very deep way. He's working on you in a very deep way. All I'm asking is that you just be honest with Him. Respond according to the way that He's working in you. Lord, I forgive right now. God, I forgive right now. I don't want to hold on to it. I don't want there to be a root of bitterness in my life, God. I don't want it to take hold of me, God, and become the thing that leads and guides my actions and my words. Lord, I pray, remove that from me right now. Remove that bitterness from me right now, Jesus. I want it to be replaced with love, God. I want it to, re to be replaced with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Come on, every eye closed. The Lord's going to do a work right now in life. Every eye closed and just speak to the Lord. Come on, speak to the Lord. God, I want you in my life. God, I want you in my life. I want it to be the work of your spirit, Jesus. Come on, I encourage you to raise your hands right now. Raise your hands and give all of this to the Lord. Everything that you've been carrying, everything that's been a weight on you, give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord right now. I cast this care on you, Jesus. I cast this care on you, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, I'll encourage you. Find somebody to pray with if you want. Let the Lord lead you. He's ministering to people right now. He's doing a work in many lives right now. Let yourself be a vessel to give. Let yourself be a vessel for His Spirit to flow through. Lord, I'm not holding anything back. Lord, it doesn't belong to me. Even the situations I grew up with, Lord, the surroundings that I was put into, 
God, that's a work of you and not of me. That's beyond my control, Jesus. So I surrender it to you right now. I surrender it to you right now, Lord Jesus. Take it out of my heart. Take it out of my spirit, Lord. This bitterness, this unforgiveness, Lord, that I've been harboring, I pray that you take it out of my spirit. Lord, I need this healing from you. I need this healing from you, Jesus. I release it to you, God. I release it to you, God. I'm not holding you accountable, Lord Jesus. I'm not trying to punish you or myself or anyone else around me, God. All things are open to you. All things are honest with you, Jesus. Oh, I pray the healing work of your spirit right now, God. The healing work of your spirit. Let it flow, Jesus. Let it flow, Jesus. Yes, I give it to you, Lord. I give it to you, Lord. You're worthy of it all. Hallelujah. the glory in my life. like us to pray a prayer of surrender before we go. A prayer, a prayer of surrender. Lord, I'm not holding on to it myself. Come on, can we just pray that? Lord, lead me. Lead me according to your spirit. God, I put my hand in your hand and I ask for you to lead me. God, I ask for you to show me the right path to walk down. I believe in the leading of your spirit, Father, that it would be a daily occurrence in my life, all throughout my day, God, not just at the start or the middle or the end, God, but all throughout my day, you could lead me. I surrender myself to you, God. I give my time to you. I give my spirit, my strength, Lord, my emotion. I give it all to you. In the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
Amen. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the work of the Lord in our lives. He's good. The Lord is good. Amen. I want to encourage you to let the Lord use you to reach out to maybe somebody that he could put on your heart. Whether they are here today or they're not, let the Lord use you. You have something to give, all of you. Part of that includes giving to your brother, giving to your sister, ministering to the body. Amen? Let the Lord do that through you, I pray. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. Remember Tuesday night with Elder Hart here. Uh, we have a gift for all the ladies, so make sure you get a rose because you're worthy of it. We love you. Amen. God bless you. All the ladies.